Welcome to The Reimagined, a podcast where we take a remake or a reboot and compare it to its original. Who did better? Why? Which one was received better critically? What was added in the remake that made it work? What was changed that made it flop? We'll find out. We will be discussing plot production, reception, and analyzing the differences of each film. If you have not seen the films we are discussing, please go see them and come right back. I'm Hannah Chan, your host, and I'm really excited about this episode today because it is our first departure from Disney. We are discussing the Jumanji franchise's first and third installment, 1995's Jumanji, directed by Joe Johnson, and 2017's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, directed by Jake Kasten. To avoid confusion, from now on, I will address the 1995 Jumanji simply as Jumanji, and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle as Welcome to the Jungle. I didn't know until researching about these two films that the second installment of this franchise is Zathura, A Space Adventure, in 2005 directed by Jon Favreau. I can't believe I didn't make that connection because they literally have the same plot with a board game gone wrong and the children playing it embarking on a once-in-a-lifetime adventure. Anyways, although Welcome to the Jungle is a direct sequel to Jumanji, it had an extreme makeover, and I think the changes are worth mentioning such as the form of the game, and how the sequel made the jump from thriller to comedy. First, I want to talk about the summaries of the film to get everyone up to speed. In Jumanji, a board game named Jumanji was buried for 100 years before the little boy named Alan Parrish founded in 1969. Alan's father owns a shoe company where Alan frequently visits and befriends the employees. The night that Alan found the board game, he got into an argument with his father about attending boarding school. After his father left, Alan invited his friend Sarah to play the board game. Sarah inadvertently rolls the dice and summons a group of bats while Alan accidentally rolls the dice because he is startled by the clock chiming. The bats chase Sarah out of Alan's home, and Alan must wait in the jungle until someone rolls a 5 or 8. 26 years later, Judy and Peter Shepard move into the vacant parish mansion with their Aunt Nora after their parents died in a ski trip in Canada. Judy and Peter start playing Jumanji after discovering it in the attic. After summoning a swarm of giant mosquitoes and monkeys, They saw that the game rules state, everything will be restored once the game is finished. Peter rolls a five, summoning a lion and an adult, Alan. Alan finds out that his father abandoned the factory to look for him until his death in 1991, which ultimately caused the economic decline in the town. The trio realizes that they need Sarah in order to finish. They locate her and convinces her to finish the game with them even though her first experience with the game traumatized her. They continue playing the game, releasing carnivorous vines, Van Pelt the Hunter, a stampede of animals, and a pelican steals the game. The group tries to retrieve it while Van Pelt takes the game and tries to hunt Alan. They steal the game back, so do Van Pelt with a contraption they made in the department store and return to the mansion. They continue playing the game until Van Pelt arrives. Alan wins the game, which causes everything to happen to reverse and gets sucked back into the game. Alan and Sarah return to 1969, where Alan reconciles with his father, who tells him he does not need to go to boarding school. 
Alan and Sarah throw Jumanji into the river, hoping it will not be found again. In the present, Alan and Sarah are married and expecting their first child. Alan's parents are still alive and Alan runs the family business successfully. They have a Christmas party and are excited to meet Judy and Peter again. Alan gives Judy and Peter's father a job and convinces them to cancel their ski trip to Canada, avoiding their death. In Welcome to the Jungle, the film is set in the same town as the first movie. In 1996, Alex Vreek received a board game called Jumanji from his father who found it half buried in the sand. Alex set it aside but later finds it transformed into a video game cartridge that same night. Interested, he plays the game but is suddenly sucked inside upon choosing a character. His disappearance caused his father to be despondent and his home became known as the Freak House. 21 years later, four high school students, Rebellious Martha, Shallow Bethany, Awkward Spencer, and Jock Fridge are sent to clean the school's basement for detention. Fridge finds Alex's game system, which Spencer and he decides to play, and they encourage the girls to play with them. They are sucked into the game upon choosing the characters. Spencer as the muscular explorer and archaeologist Dr. Bravestone. Fridge as zoologist and Dr. Bravestone's psychic, Mouse Finbar. Martha as martial artist expert, Ruby Roundhouse, and Bethany as a male cartographer and paleontologist, Professor Oberon. While coming to terms with their new body and situation, they found three marks on their wrist indicating the lives they have in the game. A non-player character arrives and provides them with the game's narrative and they need to end the curse brought by the corrupted Professor Van Pelt who stole the magic jewel, the Jaguar's Eye, by returning the jewel. The character hands Spencer the jewel and instructs them to find the missing piece, return the jewel, and call out Jumanji to lift the curse. They find out more about their characters, their strength and weaknesses, and fend off Van Pelt's men and resolving their inner conflicts, mostly between Spencer and Fridge. They encounter their missing piece, the fifth avatar seaplane McDonald, who saves them from Van Pelt's men and takes them to a jungle house built by Alan Parrish. They realize that seaplane is actually Alex. All shocked by how long Alex has been stuck in the game, even though Alex thought he has been in the game only for months. They're about to return home together. They coordinate their strengths to reach the shrine of the jaguar, using the mechanics of the game to outmaneuver Van Pelt. By returning the jewel and call out Jumanji, the game destroys Van Pelt and the groom returns to the real world. Returned to the school basement, they are confused that Alex is not with them. While walking home, they find out Alex's home was restored with Christmas decorations. They are greeted by Alex who is now an adult married with children. He reveals that he named his daughter after Bethany, who saved his life by giving one of her extra lives to him in the game. The foursome became friends, with all of them transformed into better people than they were before the game. They destroyed the Jumanji game system with a bowling ball to prevent others from playing it. I really appreciated this film's nod to the first film of having Alan Parrish's Jungle House featured in the film. It's kind of an indication of the continuation of the story from the first one with that tiny little link that means so much and even pays homage to Robin Williams' character. And the fact that the character was stuck in the jungle for 26 years, of course he needs a way of living. So having the little house in the jungle makes complete sense. 
Before discussing further about the films, I want to talk about where the first film took inspiration from. Jumanji is a children's picture book written and illustrated by Chris Van Allsburg, published in 1981. Jumanji is the Zulu word for many effects. The storyline of the picture book goes that Judy and Peter Shepard found a jungle adventure game called Jumanji in the Park. They took the game home to play and found the warning message saying, "Do not begin unless you intend to finish." Ignoring the message, Judy and Peter began to play. The rules state that the first to reach the end wins. Peter rolls the dice and a lion appears, licking its lips. The lion chases Peter upstairs as he hides under the bed. Peter is scared and reluctant to play any more, but Judy reminds him of the rules, saying, "We must finish the game." Time for Judy to roll the dice. A group of monkey appear, making a mess in the kitchen. As they play, a monsoon appears. Some rhinos stampede through the living room. Some snakes appear, and a volcano was going to erupt in their house. By now, they are almost at the end of the game, with Judy rolling a twelve to win. Judy rolls the dice and get a twelve, and yells Jumanji. They look around and realize everything is all gone. They take the game back to the park. When their parents return, they tell them all about it. But their mom laughs and dismisses them as a bad dream. Judy and Peter go back to the living room, look out of the window, and see two boys, their neighbors, carrying the Jumanji game. It was not a dream. They also remember that their mother said the boys never bother to finish the games nor ever read the instructions. Moral of the story: Finish what you have started, and read the instructions. The movies added and changed a lot of things in the storybook. Adult characters were added, and Alan Parrish became the main protagonist, other than Judy and Peter. What happens during the game became more elaborate, with Alan getting sucked into the game, Peter turning into a monkey for cheating, and the characters returning to the time where they started the game. The characters also have backstories. Alan and Sarah are from a different time than Judy and Peter. Alan have a dispute with his father before getting stuck in the game, and Peter and Judy's parents died from the skiing trip the winter before. A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. Interesting fact: many other famous actors were considered for the role of Alan Parrish. Tom Hanks was the first choice. Bruce Willis, Michael Keaton, Sean Penn, Kevin Costner, Michael Douglas, Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Alec Baldwin were all considered for the part. TriStar Pictures agreed to finance the film on the condition that Robin Williams play the main role. However, Williams turned down the role based on the first script that was given to him. But later agreed to star in the film after extensive rewrite by Joe Johnson, Jonathan Hensley, Greg Taylor, and Jim Strain. Originally, director Joe Johnson had his doubts regarding casting Williams due to his reputation for improvisation, fearing that he would go off script too much. But Williams understand that Jumanji is a tightly structured story and filmed the scenes according to the script. 
He would film duplicate scenes afterwards, which he was allowed to improvise with Bonnie Hunt, who played the adult Sarah. The film is shot mostly in New England, with location in New Hampshire, Maine, and a set of the Parish Mansion in Vancouver. Special effects for the animals and all the jungle shenanigans were a combination of puppetry and animatronics, which are mechanic puppets, and state-of-the-art digital effects at the time. Industrial Light and Magic, who oversaw the digital effects, created two new software programs specifically for the film. One allowed illustrators to create realistic facial expressions on the computer-generated animals on the film, and the other created the first realistic digital hair, used on the monkey and the lion. The actor Bradley Pierce, who played Peter, underwent three and a half hours of prosthetic makeup daily to film the scenes where he transformed into a monkey. Technology really has come so far in the past 25 years. Plans for the Jumanji sequel was first put ahead by Sony Picture Entertainment in the late 1990s. A standalone sequel called Jumanji 2 was in development in 1999. The plot involved the fictional president of the United States, John Cooper, buying Jumanji from an old antique store in Europe and bringing it back to the White House to play with his children. The president then got sucked into the world of Jumanji. His evil vice president, who was supposed to be played by Steve Buscemi, I kind of love the idea of Steve Buscemi as the evil vice president. The vice president was paving his way to be Cooper's replacement. In the world of Jumanji, Cooper has to team up with hybrid animals. I am so glad that this didn't happen because honestly, this plot doesn't sound that interesting and involving and almost sounds too ridiculous. The standalone idea doesn't really make sense and would have really tanked the franchise. How would the Jumanji board game even get to Europe? The project was going to be released in Christmas of 2000, but it got stalled and I guess it just died down. In 2012, rumors that a remake of Jumanji was in development, which was confirmed later in the same year. In 2015, it was scheduled to release in December of 2016. However, this decision drew negative feedbacks because some thought it was too soon after the death of Robin Williams in 2014. May he rest in peace. The release was also criticized by Bradley Pierce, who said the remake was unnecessary and kind of insulting. Later in March of 2017, after some revisions and rewrites, it was announced that the film will be called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. The sequel is pretty well cast with Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Jack Blatt, Karen Gillan, and surprisingly, Nick Jonas. About the production of Welcome to the Jungle, Dwayne Johnson said, The spirit of Jumanji flows through the continuation of the story. We wanted to bring a spirit of wonderment, of overcoming fears and discovering who you are. It's all woven through Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Every once in a while, a movie comes down a road that you just know in your gut has a special quality to it. It was important for Johnson that a new film is a continuation. Another Jumanji adventure in the same universe as the first film. He loved the original film and respected what Williams brought in it. And said, so while the jungle came into our world in the original Jumanji, 
we go into Jumanji in this film. This is the point I want to talk about more extensively later because I think it's one of the reasons why it made Welcome to the Jungle pretty successful. The producer Matt Tomek said, It's a coming-of-age comedy that we shot on location in Hawaii with a big action sequence and a lot of visual effects. Visual effects supervisor Jerome Chen faced a challenge that he had never done before. Photoreal animals. The visual effects have to have some aspect that were very grounded in order to sell other aspects that inspired a video game setting. The movement, texture, and feeling of the animals all had to be real. They pushed the sizes of the animals to be larger than life, more ferocious. The rhinos and elephants are one and a half times their size, and the jaguars at the end are twice the size. worldwide gross of $262.8 million. The audience loved the film. It is considered as a classic film to watch with family and a part of many people's childhood memories. But it suffered in critic reviews. Empire said, on a scene-by-scene -scene basis, it is mostly great fun but suffers from a contrived script which repetitively drags characters Back to the eponymous magical board game for another effect producing throw of the dice. Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly said, Jumanji is cardboard Spielberg, a B-minus movie scrap heap of spare parts lifted from Jurassic Park, Gremlins, and Back to the Future. Ouch. Some criticized the dependence of special effects to convey the story, which the film was lacking on its own. The decision to make the film PG instead of PG-13 raised questions as well because some argued that some imageries might be traumatizing to children, specifically Peter's monkey transformation, which was criticized as being more werewolf-like than monkey. However, the writer and illustrator of the original storybook, Chris Van Albrecht approved the film, saying that the film is faithful to reproducing the chaos level that comes with having a jungle animal in the house. It's a good movie. On the other hand, critics are a little kinder to Welcome to the Jungle. Hilary Busses from Vanity Fair said, The film strikes a nice balance between serviceable, not overly slick action scenes. We've come a long way from those shoddily animated monkeys and comedy that's actually rooted in character, rather than cheap references or stereotypes. Alex Welch from IGN said, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle brings audience back to its classic fictional world with a fun updated new twist on its well-worn story. So even if some of its subplot and emotional through lines don't quite click, the action-packed fun and humor should still make it worth your price of admission. 
Welcome to the Jungle did really well box office wise, grossing $962.1 million worldwide and becoming the fourth most profitable release in 2017. Every day, yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, I love your way. Every day. Shadows grow so long before my eyes. And they're moving across the I want to talk about are the forms of the game changing from a board game to a video game and the genre shift from thriller to comedy. I think these two changes are really interesting and are probably why Welcome to the Jungle is called A Pleasant Surprise. 22 years after the release of the Jumanji film, it's refreshing that the sequel kept to the original's exciting adventures but spins it in a different way. Instead of the game coming to life in the real world, the players get sucked into the world of the game. From the first scene of Welcome to the Jungle, it already proved that it's going to be different than the original Jumanji film. The character Alex got the board game from his dad, but tossed it aside because it doesn't interest him as a teenager. Like, who wants to play a board game when video games is much more enticing? So the game transformed into a video game cartridge. Jumanji finds a way to be played. Now that's scary. However, to me, that is the extent of Thriller the sequel gets. I was a little disappointed about that because I remember being terrified watching the original Jumanji film when I was a kid. Everything seemed so real. And the fact that all the jungle animals came out to terrorize not only the players, but the entire town they lived in. The stakes were so high in Jumanji. They have to finish the game or else all the animals and carnivorous plants will continue threaten the life in town. There was a hunter who steals the board game that jeopardizes them from finishing the game at all. You don't know what is going to happen when you roll the dice again. Whereas in Welcome to the Jungle, because they entered the game, it felt less real. Although the creators of the film said that they think the stakes are higher in the video game form because they could die in it, they had three lives to try things out. The characters had literal powers, and the game followed a typical game pattern with a goal and different stages that gets harder to achieve the goal. They pass the stages and get a resting period until they encounter the next level. That's Different from the constant anticipation and fear of what is going to happen from the board game, they roll the dice, something happens, they resolve the conflict back to rolling immediately again. There are no chances for redos. However, I do appreciate the comedic elements in Welcome to the Jungle. The idea that these teenagers are stuck in adult characters is so fresh and beyond hilarious. The plot and characters were a little bit flat in the original Jumanji film. Alan is the only character that actually went through some changes. Before the game, Alan antagonizes his father, 
but he realized that his father only wanted the best for him when he learned that his father basically put down everything to look for him. He appreciates his father more and have a better relationship with his parents. For Sarah, other than marrying Alan and expecting a child together, she seems like pretty much the same person who sheds the paranoia and fear when you first see her as an adult. As for Peter and Judy, their main conflict was to finish the game and restore everything. It was also at the end that Alan and Sarah avoided their parents' death going to the ski trip. There are some small lessons learned, like how to improvise under pressure and how not to cheat. There are no internal struggles that the characters go through or grow from. They had an adventure that changed their lives for the better with loving parents and happy marriage. On the other hand, the first 10 minutes of Welcome to the Jungle establishes the personalities of the four main characters. Spencer as the reserved nerd who seems to be afraid of everything and allergic to everything. Fridge as the jock who only cares about his football team. Bethany as the popular girl who only cares about herself and her looks. And Martha as the cynical smart girl. The four that couldn't be more different from each other are pulled into the world of the game and characters completely out of their comfort zone. Spencer became Dr. Bravestone, the consummate action hero. Fearless, speed, climbing, boomerang, and smoldering intensity are his strengths, and he has no weaknesses, unlike other characters. Spencer is everything that Dr. Bravestone is not when you first compare the two characters. Dwayne Johnson said he enjoyed playing against type. With his physique, it is interesting to play an insecure teenage boy. Spencer has to get over his insecurities and realize that he has his own strengths despite the many qualities that Dr. Bravestone offers him. Fritz chooses Moose Finbar as his character because a moose sounds tall, tough, and strong, even though he misread Mouse as Moose. He shrinks in size and is the sidekick of Dr. Bravestone, which goes against his football star presence on campus. His strengths are zoology and weapons valet, and weaknesses are speed, strength, and cake. I gotta give it to the writers, whose weakness is cake? And when he exploded from eating pound cake... Let me try some of that. Mm. Wait, what? What is that? That's my famous pound cake. Cake? Bethany, you said this was bread. I guess it's been so long I forgot what it tastes like. How do you forget what? What's happening? Is something happening to me? No. Am I am I am I shaking? Uh-uh. Am I breaking out? No. Am I still black? Yes. Okay. Okay, right? We're fine. Everything is fine. Yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. It probably just meant that I love cake. I couldn't resist it. <laughs> hey, it's all good. That, that's really funny. Anyways, it doesn't sit right with Fridge that in the game, he is the exact opposite of who he is in real life. He cannot stand the fact that Spencer is bigger than him and that he has to step back for Spencer to be the leader. Throughout the game, he would undermine Spencer any chance he gets, but eventually learns to let Spencer have his moment. 
And we have Martha as the sexy martial artist, Ruby Roundhouse. Basically everything that Martha considered as unnecessary in the real world. Through Ruby Roundhouse, Martha learns to loosen up, have fun, and embrace her awkwardness and how badass she can be at the same time. Lastly, Bethany chose Dr. Shelley Oberon, the curvy genius. Well, for obvious reasons. Throughout the game, Bethany learns a life without her phone and even starts caring about others, and even gave Alex one of her lives. I love Jack Black's performance in this one. Only he can make playing a shallow girl funny and so realistic but not cringy at all. I cannot imagine anyone else doing it. That's all we have today. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes on more Disney remakes. I also have more plans for the Oceans Trilogy and Oceans 8, The Old Boy, and The Mummy. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can find us on Instagram at reimagined underscore pod. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll come back for future episodes.